welcome to episode three of the Sheffield podcast, Beer Talk from the Steel City. Uh, and we're in the Devonshire Cats for the launch of Sheffield Beer Week today. Um, and it's our Steel City special. We're going to be reviewing four beers by Sheffield Breweries. I'm James Marriott. With me is our co-host Adam Nicholson. Adam, um, what is your favourite beer of the last month? Well, you're going to surprise you this one because is a New England style IPA. Oh no! After last you month, slated no. them last month. So you all did know, you go to New England though? No, I went to. Holiday? I might as well do. I went to Copenhagen if you oh, remember. Oh, um, yeah. But it's not just that. I had a can from Sean, and it's the um, the Wylam and Yeasty Boys. All right. W X Y three is it? W X Y three. But yeah. when I was in Copenhagen. I had it about another three times. They must have done a big drop that weekend. Right. And um, so yeah, it's really good. Um, I had a few other in that style as well, which I think I think I'm finding some hoppier ones. I think that might be one of them. It's slightly just just cutting through, just giving just, just a glance of the uh, West Coast. Somewhere. Have you got a target for mentioning Copenhagen so many times tonight? <laughs> no, took that twice in your first. Yeah, I wish I wish I were getting paid for it because that's doing recouping. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, yeah. Uh, brewery lass and beer blogger, uh, Laura Rangeley, um, your favourite beer of the month? Uh, mine's an IPA as well this month, uh, not a New England style though, mine's from uh, Odyssey Brew Co down in Herefordshire, uh, it was Technical Warfare was the name of the beer, 7% IPA, uh, just beautifully crisp, fruity, clean, refreshing. Uh, dangerously easy to drink 7%. Um, I got hold of that at the old workshop down in Callum Island. Really good. Uh, Sean is owner of Beer Central. Drinks a lot of beer a month. What's your favourite of the last. Um, I'm going to be days? very boring. James and say another IPA, which is <laughs> three in a row for us. Uh, mine was at uh, the very impressive uh, Indie Beer Feast on Saturday night down at Abbeydale, and uh, it was North Bruins Curious Orange IPA, and, uh, and exactly what you'd expect full of juicy oranges, nice hoppy bitter finish. Oh, it were absolutely fantastic. It was seriously packed with orange. Yes, wasn't it? Actually, it really certainly did the job. A friend I was with said that you could have that for breakfast. Yeah, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's yeah. a perfect drink. Three course beer. We met we met him last month as the voice of the Rush Report. We get his company for the whole podcast this time around. Unfortunately, from Eckersall Ale Club, Russell Norton. Uh, Russell, what's been your favourite beer of the month? Um, not an IPA. Um, it was by Bristol Beer Factory, uh, subtropic, tropical pale ale, uh, about 3.8-3.9%. Um, I'm seeing a lot of tropical ales at the minute that are claiming to be tropical, and it's very much not. It's just hoppy with either like a bit of orange, a bit of, a bit of lemon or something. Well, this really was citrus, tropical, the old shebang. Three or four different flavours in there, really easy drinking. It was on cask, yeah, yeah, down at Ale Club, and um, unfortunately it's all gone now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely had three or four pints of it. It was great. Absolutely loved it. Good stuff. Um, for me, I've had some really good beers this month. I know I had some really good beers at the Indie Beer Feast on Saturday. 
most of which I can't remember, I have to be honest. Um, but I want to pick a local one, so I'm actually going to go with the Abbeydale Voyager IPA, the lime and sriracha version, which I know is not a new beer um, this month, but it was this month that I actually got around to drinking it. It's been sat in my fridge for quite a while. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite unusual, um, a very different kind of taste. The lime really came through. Um, and yeah, that's been the, the beer I've had this month that I think has satisfied me the most. So there we go. It is our Sheffield special. So uh, Sean has picked out four appropriate kind of local Steel City beers. Um, and uh, which one are we going to be trying first? Um, we're going to go for uh, Sheffield's oldest existing brewery, uh, Kelm Island Brewery there, Pride of Sheffield, just to show that we're, we're not all craft monsters, or, uh, despite IPAs and tropical pails getting mentioned there. Or, uh, I think it's important that we recognise that Sheffield has a, a real uh, brewing history, and so we've got uh, four different breweries. Kellam Island and Sheffield Brewery that you would look at and suggest them more coming from a traditional angle, despite one or two modern ideas as well. And then two of the, uh, uh, the younger guns, Abbeydale, not a particularly young brewery, but uh, the, the way that they have um, attacked the sort of craft market in the last couple of years, the people like Laura and Jim are on board, uh, it's been spectacular. So we've got our, uh, two trads and two a little bit more modern. Okay, so the first of those is the um, Kellen, Kellen Pride of Sheffield. Yeah, uh, Amber Ale, as far as our shop's concerned, are uh, incredibly popular and um, perhaps the most popular gift beer. It's got Pride on the front, it's got Sheffield on the front. It's a 4% Amber Bitter, that's a type of style that really does sort of uh, reveal Yorkshire and, and, and Sheffield historically and so uh, the most popular beer in the shop by somewhere students taking beers home for parents and right. sisters and brothers and stuff like that are, uh, and plenty of Pride of Sheffield's uh, are taken home across the world in fact um, we're, we're regular someone will say well this has gone to Moscow or this one's gone to New Zealand oh, wow. they, they're taking them a long way as gifts for people to reflect Sheffield I was going to kind of ask along those sort of lines because um, Sheffield obviously has a massive beer heritage, but I think sometimes maybe we wonder whether or not kind of the more traditional beers have got a little bit left behind, a little bit kind of forgotten. I don't know, perhaps maybe a question for you because I know you are more of a kind of a traditional kind of, kind of cast of drinking. Yeah. Is, is, do you feel your market is still very much catered for? I feel like it's incredibly popular still, yeah. Um, I mean, at Ale Club, we have um, five casks, eight kegs, um, and the kegs do outsell the uh, the cask in terms of sort of total numbers at the end of the night. However, we do get a lot of people trying the casks rather than the kegs. I mean, as long as the beer's turning over, it, it kind of suggests, doesn't it, that people are buying it, and people are still interested. So. I've, seen a, I've seen a lot less of Kelly stuff on, on, on the bar, really. Um, when I moved to Sheffield 12 years ago, um, probably within the first couple of years of that, I've always been somebody who's like, sort of experimented with beer a little bit, but um, once you kind of cement yourself in Sheffield and you, and you realise kind of how much history it has and how much kind of passion people have in Sheffield for, for everything, really, for, whether it's football or beer or, you know, sport in general. But, um, I mean, I just found out recently that the 
the other the other pubs just closed now, isn't it? The Tap yeah. and Tanker, yeah. which was the the city centre pub, which was the uh, owned by the brewery. But I had my first. I've not had tried a Sheffield for for a long time, um, but I had my first pint of their Pale Rider in a long time, and I remember absolutely loving that ten years ago. I'm not saying I'm not, but it just I think kind of things just become a little bit more interesting. But I, I go down the Fat Cat. You can have a banging pint of anything from Kelham Island, really. Um, if you are that kind of traditional drinker and you've not had them, you know, have a look down. Fat Cat, beautiful little pub, quite quirky, got a lot of history. Is it the first? Is it kind of one of the first pubs that came back from well, in the early nineties, really? In yeah. the kind of revival of kind of craft, uh, craft ale, like uh, cask ale. Is it Dave Wicket? Um, I think you can credit the Fat Cat with bring with kind of getting Sheffield the reputation as cask beer capital of the country, really. Um, and I think it's still kind of holding strong on that um, as well. It's a pub that I've been going to since I was really small. It was one of my dad's favourite pubs, so I always went there with my family for Sunday dinner and really little, and it's still got. Diane behind the bar, who's still the bar manager, was I've known her since I was sort of two years old, and it's just a really nice one of those pubs that you feel a bit like family when you're in there, really. Right, so while we enjoyed the uh, pride of Sheffield from Kellam Island Brewery, let's find out a little bit more about our venue for this month and exactly what's going on tonight to launch Sheffield Beer Week. So I caught up with the bar manager Jack to find out a bit more about the Devonshire Captain. Hello, so my name is Jack Harlow. Uh, I'm the bar manager at the Devonshire Cat. And um, it's not a normal Monday night at the Devonshire Cat tonight, is it? What, what's going on? No, not tonight at all. So for Sheffield Beer Week, for the annual release of it, we have been chosen in the four ingredients hubs as the yeast hub for this week. Uh, so for this Monday night, we have famous beer historian Ron Patson coming along to talk about his collaboration with Abidale Brewery, the 1868 Scotch Strong Ale, um, which is like a historic brew. Um, it's got a lot of history behind it. And he's the, the, basically the three versions that we've got of it on today. The one we have on draft is a rum puncheon barrel aged. Then we've also got a French oak and an American oak which we'll be giving out a sampling session of. So very different to usual Monday. So uh, not many pounds, Jager bombs going out to students, more so lovely little samples going out to beer-related people. Excellent. That's not, that's not the only thing that you've got going on this week as part of Sheffield Beer Week, is it? There's some other things happening here as well. No, no, not at all. So on Wednesday the 14th, we've got uh, Burning Sky. Um, we've got three of their bottles, which... Uh, more of a rare bottling sample taste session um, so we've got the cherry monolith we've got a blend and we've got the saison anniversaire um, so the three of those we're going to be doing a tasting session for £6.50 so that's a that's a quite a short short event but across a really nice series of beers everything focused on yeast as we're going through the week with us being the yeast hub and then on the Thursday, we've got uh, our event called Sourpuss, which is basically we've collaborated with Chawton Brewery to do a two versus two. So we've got two of Chawton's. We've got the lychee lactose and the rye saison sours. And then from Abbeydale, we've got our Unbeliever, uh, the most recent hibiscus one on cask, 
and then we've also got a saison on keg and then on the Sunday we also have one more for you and that's that's a gin and sour beer pairing headed by our lovely leader Elizabeth Cassidy the GM and she's paired a variety of gins with a variety of sour beers the event. so plenty of stuff happening over the week um, Jack it's, it's the first time that we've met tonight and I feel that we know each other enough now that I can confess that this is the first time that I've been in the Devonshire Cat in its current guise. Right. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so, um, if there's anyone else out there that's maybe not been in since the pub's kind of taken on its its current form, um, just tell us a little bit about it and what 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 the Devonshire Cat's all about now. So, since the Devonshire Cat undergo its refurb, since basically since Ab- Abbeydale took on a new angle. Abbeydale have kept their historic roots of doing brews like Moonshine, doing Daily Bread, doing Deception. They're, they're still keeping that stronghold of firm, decent, real ales. Now they're moving into the wider, the more new market, the more open market, and they've, they've touched all areas. They're, they're not a brewery who simply makes great IPAs. They're not a brewery who simply makes great sours. Like... A, not to name, but like a lot of the, the popular names across the UK at the minute who people recognise and they say, oh yeah, that's a great brewery. We cover all bases and that's exactly what we've done as a pub or bar now. We've, we've improved the imagery. It looks less like the Travel Tavern restaurant in Alan Partridge and now it has gone a little bit more modern but we've still maintained the great beers and we've kept our heritage with good Belgian beers as well and we, we aim to please every sort of side so the cask crew, the keg crew and the bottle crew, the Belgian Brilliant, Jack, thank you very much, thank you for your time I know you've got to head off soon so uh, thank you very much and I hope you enjoy the rest of Sheffield Beer Week well, a big thank you to Jack and to uh, well, all the staff at the Devonshire Cat for making us feel very welcome. It is actually, this is the first time that we've done the podcast in an actual kind of live pub environment. So it's a little bit new for, um, for us. Um, so far, the two that we've done, one, um, to be fair, they, they, they shut the pub for us. Uh, the other one, we're in a, a room kind of hidden away from everywhere else. So um, this is the first time that we've actually been literally in the middle of the pub while there's stuff going on. I think it's better as long as the sound quality is good and everyone out there is listening to this without getting frustrated by it. I think it's better to be in amongst in amongst everyone and everything. And I agree. See the Yorkshire puddings coming out. And, uh, <laughs> the chips do smell and, really good. And the beer's on the bar, yeah. Um, so, um, Pride of Sheffield. Island, what are our thoughts, Adam? Um, a lot better than I remembered it. I suppose it's hard really because I liked it when I last had it, but um, probably having so many different beers, modern kind of style beers since then, I imagine it to be a lot less tasteless. But um, it's got a really nice, um, like I think Sean says, quite a sweet sort of smell, but actually it's got a really nice bitterness. It? And it's for 4%. It's a really nice kind of, you know, sit for a TV, kind of like sessionable. Yeah, drink at home beer, but I can find it on cask. Um, I'm sure there will be pubs. Rather than in front of the TV, although we've got a bottle, so I suppose that's that's suitable. But I, I would think it's more uh, um, get out for a, a, a walk for a couple oh, of yeah, hours, find it, yeah. get yourself into a nice little boozer or a nice fire. 
and three or four pints of Pride of Sheffield, nice meat and certified. Sounds good. Yeah, it's for me, it's probably not the kind of beer I'd buy a bottle of to drink at home. Uh, just because we tend to share them and go for something a bit more outrageous, but um, definitely because what it says on the tin, it's a really nice, just classic, classic ale, really. Yeah. yeah, it's got a nice kind of maltiness to it. I don't, I certainly don't dislike it. I'm probably the same as Laura in terms of it's probably not something that I would go out of my way to drink. But if someone bought me a bottle of it, I wouldn't pour it down the sink. You know, I'd, I'd drink it. I'd quite enjoy drinking it. Um, Russ, what do you think? Obviously your, your kind of thing? Yeah, um, like you've said, classic beer. Um, for me, again, it's an occasion beer. I mean, it's not a middle of June beer at all. Um, it has to be those sort of wintry months, like you've said, out for a walk, you know, long walk up to do the shops or whatever, come back down, you think, oh, just call him for a, for a pint and see it on. Sit in that comfy chair yours, and it's, it's one of them beers, sort of very much an occasion beer for me. Um, and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't personally go out of my way to buy it. Um, however, I appreciate everything about it, all its heritage and the way it's cra crafted and made, uh, and the complexity to what is a simple bit. Excellent. Um, what is next on our beer menu tonight, Sean? Um, we have got uh, a new beer, uh, certainly a new beer into bottle. Um, it's from Sheffield Brewery, who are not that far away from the, uh, the Fat Cat, of course, down Kelm Island. Uh, uh, and it may have been available for some time on cask, I'm not aware, but uh, first time in bottle. It's called Don, and it's a uh, 5% plus uh, chocolate orange stout. So we think this is named after the River Don, must after our Michael Don. <laughs> Uh, which, which we have named Don after Don King due to um, the, the the muff on top of it that looks very much like Don King's hair. We, uh, we have mentioned Don before on previous editions, uh, uh, so Nick, Twitter, Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick may very well have listened to, to the show previously does, yeah, and decided that Don sounded like a great name. Does, does Don become a mascot? That's the question. Well, we'll put, we'll put a picture from Twitter and Facebook and um, just to explain. I've just, tweeted him this evening. Oh, well, yeah, if you follow Laura on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Um, so this sounds nice, chocolate orange stout, um, sounds really interesting, um, certainly the first time that I've that I'll tasted this, not one I've had before, 5.7%, uh, it's stronger, sounds good, looking forward to this. I have had this on casks before, um, and it was a pre-midday uh, <laughs> beer on, uh, I went on the Beer O'Clock Show's Crimbo Crawl, which was in oh, Sheffield yeah. on the 2nd of December. Uh, I didn't drink for all of November for charity purposes and had a big night out on the first, straight onto this on the second. It was a heavy weekend. <laughs> so what did you think to it at the time? I really enjoyed it and then I realised I was hungover. But I think it's, it probably saved me. I think had I not drunk it, I'd have been a lot more full. <laughs> I'm right thinking that I'm right thinking the River Don runs is the river that runs down through past their blue tap which is the gardener's rest yeah. on Neeps End and then I imagine that kind of follows through down past the brewery which is just 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 across the road really isn't yeah. it? Then throughout back down into what Rotherham I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the Rotherham in the end, but no, no, it'll it'll stop it stop it does that I don't know if anyone else does this when I'm drinking a stout. 
It's about the aroma first. That's you know, I've exactly got to spend a couple of minutes sniffing yeah. it before. Yeah. Particularly kind of coffee style, chocolatey style. Straight into it, yeah. Yeah, you the, get the smell is, I think, Rose could have ruined that. Yeah. Not getting any orange. I'm not. No, no, orange, sorry, yeah. No. It's got, it's got, yeah, I think, um, I, it's something that's over 5%. I want that kind of nice, like, bite to it. I think it yeah. does really have that. I think, um, I think you want to go back for another, another, another swig. I'm not getting any orange from it, really. I'm not getting the time. Very tense. I think the natural thing that, that people will do is we're going to compare it to the Sentinel um, orange now, aren't we? Yeah, probably, uh, yeah, not that for a while. That's now that that being canned, doesn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a little bit thinner. Yeah, it's not quite strong. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, this has got quite a bit more body. Yeah, I brought yeah. it yeah. They, are, they are doing a, a, a like a double version of, of that kind of double the strength. <laughs> yeah, I know they've done a double of the American <laughs> red, or quite recent. Well, I'm not aware yet on the chocolate orange. I think I brought it last, last week, or last month, sorry, but um, it's similar to Golovka again, where it's got that kind of really drinkable but quite like. Yeah. No bite to it. It's easy drinking for five. We said five point seven percent. slides down really oh, yeah. I, th- I think I'd probably know about it after two or three yeah, bites, yeah. but. Yeah. Or Looking at the label, it's not named after the river or the microphone. What? It's got a mate called Don. <laughs> it's not named researcher. It's named yeah. after a brand of polish. Oh, right, because yeah, they're in their own polish factory. The tin of which was found in the brewery. Wow. So, uh, there we go. Well, there I think I lied and maybe said it was after the river. <laughs> it was convenient. I was just about to say it's a very polished performance. Yeah, I in light of Ken Dodd dying today, here we go. Yeah, going, I say going back, like you know, like five between five and ten years ago, when Sheffield was still very kind of cask oriented. I always really rated their uh, porter. Yeah. The uh, five. They used to bottle that about four point five percent. I always like that. Brunswick. Brunswick black. No, no, it's an older it's one. It's of, yeah. um, I can't remember what it's called, it's like a red label to it. I always thought that were a really, really good kind of classic. Yeah. I think nice dark, really, lots of flavour, yeah. but really drinkable at the same yeah. time, which is thinking, it's not what you really want. You don't want this kind of like watery black liquid, do you? You want something that has a bit of kind of flavour to it, a bit of bite to it. That's drinkable, smooth enough, roast yeah, yeah. flavour. Good body. A bit more orange, maybe. A little bit of bitterness yeah. that might come from the orange. It's a bit of orange on the aftertaste, yeah. but you don't, you don't get much for the majority no. of it. Actually, that's probably, to be fair, not unlike an actual Terry's chocolate orange. Yeah. The, when I eat them now, just I don't, I don't really get very much orange out of them. Chocolate. You get a little bit, yeah, you get a little bit on kind of like the aftertaste, so actually maybe it's fairly representative of an actual chocolate orange. So while we um, finish off our beers, um, although this is the official launch of the Sheffield Beer Week, the unofficial launch event was on Saturday with the first Indie Beer Feast, which was held at the Abbeydale Pitching House. Uh, Laura and Sean were both there, and we'll chat to them in a minute. Uh, but first, Adam was at the daytime session, I was at the evening session, and this is our story of the day. And um, see who you think was a little bit worse for wear by the end. <laughs> So we're down here at Indie Beer Feast with Meg from Thornbridge and Jimmy from Lost Industry. Say hello. 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 So I'm uh, just wondering how you're finding the festival so far. We're in the middle of the daytime session. Meg? 
It's been pretty great so far. It's cool to have a festival like this in Sheffield, finally. So, so far, so good. Jimmy? Yeah, it's um, a lovely atmosphere, nice buzzing crowd. Um, hopefully, it can be an annual thing. So, what sort of beers have you brought down to, uh, for this weekend, then? Uh, so, the most popular one so far has been the barrel-aged raspberry sour. It's a super rare batch of beer, so that one's been really popular. We've got the gin-inspired wit. We've got our new uh, nitro milk sour, which is the first time we've ever done a nitro beer. And we've got a peach IPA on, a nice, easy drinker. And obviously, we've done, we've done a dry hop cask jaipur for the die-hard fans. <laughs> Brilliant. Jimmy? Um, we've brought three different sours. The um, Autumn Forage, we've brought the Mojito and Emmeline, which is um, our Women in Beer Club. Um, we've also got a couple of stouts as well, which are going down. So, um, yeah, we're kind of at the start of Beer Week um, for Sheffield. Um, have you got any plans for this week? Have you got any um, involvement in the, in, the, in the Week Festival? A lot. I have got a lot of plans. So, we obviously, Formbridge have six pubs, and we decided... As a brewery, there's no point in us doing anything in Sheffield because everybody already drinks our beer in our pubs. So we have four different breweries coming to see us. So we've got Black Iris coming to the Greystones for beer and cheese on Monday. We have got Beavertown coming to the Hallamshire for a meet the brewer on Wednesday, which broke the internet when we announced it. We've got Marble coming to the Bath on Thursday. And finally on Sunday, we have got the, at the Stag's Head, we've got Wild Beer Co. Brett, the head brewers, coming down to do a five-course beer and food dinner. Jimmy, I hear you might be at the Brewdog sometime this week. Yes, um, I'm led to believe it's Tuesday, but I've got to meet the brewer and... Um, we're showcasing our Brewdog fourth birthday beer, which is a Imperial Pale Stout based on coconut birthday cake. So, Meg, you've tried this? I have tried it. It was delicious. And you got a free bit of coconut cake when you bought it. I was like, sold. Beer and cake. I'm Ben. I'm the sales accounts manager at Magic Rock, and I've been with the brewery for close to two years now. Um, so we're now into well into the evening session of the Indie Beer Feast. Um, how's, it, how's it been for Magic Rock? I think it's been really great, actually. Um, for the fact that it's been the inaugural festival and there's not really been anything uh, similar that's ever happened in Sheffield, to my mind. Um, it's been great. Um, I think it's fairly typical of what's been going on in the area recently. Uh, really friendly people, great enthusiasm about the, the various products that are on offer, that great combination of um, traditional beer styles and really forward-thinking breweries doing their thing. Um, the feedback's been great about our beers, uh, on a, on a personal level but I, I, I've tasted a, a lot of fantastic beers today and I, I, I think it's been a great day alright I mean, this is going to be the hardest question that you're going to have to answer today if you had to pick your favourite beer that you guys are selling today what would you pick uh, I would have said it, it, it was the bearded lady hazelnut which we've already sold out of sorry ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn um, you tell me earlier that you, so you have some links to Sheffield you, you, lived, you lived here before yeah I did, I, I did live here for uh, just over 18 months actually and I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of this town um, there's a great um, there's an intangible kind of feeling to the city that I have always really enjoyed I, I never wanted to leave and uh, I think about this town every day <laughs> honestly that is a really sweet thing to say I, I love Sheffield and every time I come back I get this uh, amazing fuzzy warm feeling it's, it feels like my place and I know that sounds very strange but I love Sheffield 
Okay. <laughs> so I am a massive fan of everything that Magic Rock have probably ever done. Every beer. Give give, give us a few clues about what we've got to come over the next few months from Magic Rock. Okay, that's a pretty interesting question, actually. I think um, the next major festival that we're looking forward to now is is going to be Hop City. Um, we have a couple of beers that are going to be pouring exclusively at Hop City, and you can probably imagine what they are. Um, given the nature of the festival itself um, and, we're, and we're really excited for those beers we've, we, we've had a new IPA out very recently um, called Chronostasis which is a 7% IPA all centennial um, made to be um, no that's not the right way of putting it made as an homage to uh, many people in the brewery's uh, favourite IPA on the planet which is uh, Two Hard Ale obviously from Bells, Michigan uh, one of the greatest beers that exists in the world and I think um, there maybe will be a few more homage projects that we do in future but I can't give away too much um, I would say that the, the beers that we will have pouring at Hop City are, are pretty exciting and um, if you're in the area you should absolutely go to that festival I mean it's a no brainer it sounds good it sounds good <laughs> brilliant thank you for your time thank uh, you dude it's my absolute pleasure it's really nice to meet you so we've got Jim here from Abbeydale hi Jim hello so how you found the festival so far it's a really good really good day so far there's a lot of people it's a good atmosphere and it's a really good space uh, which is great to see being used again uh, for a long time it's been empty and to have such life back into it again it's great so um, what sort of beers have you brought down today then? So for the, we've had the first pour of our double IPA, um, which is tasting great, even though I say so myself. We've also got another, uh, another IPA of uh, our Voyager. We've got a Salvation, and we've also got a, a Ranging Tap that's had um, some of our sour beer and our special barrel-aged beers. So, so far, partway through the first session, we've had um, an Oak Fermented Saison, and uh, Encantada, which is our Groot, at about 7.5%, which is, again, tasting great. So uh, what plans have Aberdeen got for Sheffield Beer Week? So we've got a numerous, we've got several events happening over the, uh, over the week, many of which focus around uh, the kind of Funk Dungeon uh, project that we've got going, which is sour beers and barrel-aged, uh, long-term barrel-aged beers. Um, and we've got a few, we've got... Um, collaboration with Ron Pattinson who's a beer historian on Monday um, and that beer will again be at um, the old workshop from Wednesday onwards and then we've got uh, an event also on Wednesday with Chilton doing some sour beers again with them and some of our beers against some of their beers uh, and then on Sunday on Saturday we're having a vegan brunch at the Rutland Arms with some of our kind of really one-off beers um, made with Emma, the chef there, uh, by one of our brewers, Christy, who um, has come up with some really stupid ideas of beers that taste really, really good. So, yeah, we've got quite a lot going on over the weekend. So yeah. Hi, I'm Sarah from North Brewing Co. And I, do, I work in the marketing department on events and communications. So this is the first time this event's ever happened in Sheffield. Uh, what's, what's your general sort of feeling about it? How's it been? Oh, it's been really good fun. Um, the building's amazing. It's really nice to see, without being too soppy, like an old building like this, be full of people and be used as a kind of community space. It's really cool. And it's just, it's, it's a beer event where everyone's dead friendly, everyone's interested in the beers, and all the other breweries have been really friendly and helped me out with my taps when they weren't working this morning and stuff like that. So, no, it's been really good. Give, give us a bit of a clue about what, what you've got in the pipeline because it's an exciting brewery so you must have some, <laughs> you must have some like, decent beers in the pipeline 
We've got a whole host of collabs coming up. So we're going to be pouring at Hop City in um, Leeds at the end of March. And during Hop City, we're going to do a collaboration with Left Handed Giant from Bristol. We are also going to do a collab with um, Roosters in April. And uh, Het Ultra are coming over from Holland, from the Netherlands. So we're going to do one with them. And we also, there's somebody else who I'm going to kick myself for forgetting. But yeah, the next kind of six weeks in terms of collabs. Oh, Six Degrees North. Yeah, they're coming down from Scotland. So we've got a whole load of collabs coming up. So we've got Rich from Blackjack here today. How are you doing, Rich? I'm not bad. So um, how are you finding the festival so far? Oh, it's a lovely little festival. Um, brilliant venue. It's nice to see something happening uh, like this. So uh, what beers you brought today? Now, if anybody's not heard of Blackjack, kind of what sort of beers can they expect from you as a brewery? Uh, we've got a bit of a range today. So we've got an export porter, nice strong dark beer. We've got a uh, jasmine tea saison and um, a nice IPA on at the moment and then a few more to come. Uh, we're also distributing for like other breweries. So we're showcasing them here. We've got Brew York, we've got more and... We've got Runaway. So we've got Sue here from Manhattan. So how have you found the festival so far? We're midway into the uh, first session of the event. Uh, how's it been for you so far? It's been great, yeah. We've been really busy and it's a lovely atmosphere. I've been around and spoken to all the other breweries and they're all having a lovely time too. So um, what kind of beers have you brought today then? So we've bought a range, but the two that are going down really well are Tricky Flamingo, our Raspberry Lager. And we've actually brought the last keg of that. So that's nice. I think that's going to go this session. And then Lightling Sombrero, which is a collab that we did with Wild Weather, which is a gooseberry dipper. So any people from Sheffield who maybe are not familiar with Mad Hatter, could you kind of sum up the brewery in a few words? Hmm. So I guess that we just, our aim is to make mad, interesting beers that are also accessible. My name's Andy and I'm the, I guess, the owner. I call myself the head of cleaning at Elusive Brewing. Um, so, I mean, this is like the first time this has happened in Sheffield before. How, how have you found it? It's been really good. Like, I love the building. I love the ambience of the room we're in. Like, it's a, and I, people, like, it's a podcast, so I'll describe it. It's like a big old cinema in a, I'm guessing, Victorian building. Yeah. Uh, there's busts on the wall. Uh, there's, like, uh, imagine, like, old school uh, boxes upstairs. Um, beautiful building. Really nice. Brilliant. Uh, if I had to push you for um, which is your favourite beer of the ones you're selling today, what would you pick? Uh, I, I suppose Lord Nelson. Um, it's a pretty special beer for us because it's the first beer we brewed commercially. We brewed it with Weird Beard uh, in West London. Um, and we've been brewing it every year. We release it once a year. Um, and yeah, our first commercial beer. So that's the one that I would pick as, as my favourite good reason uh, and what does um, what does 28 well the rest of 2018 hold for you guys uh, we want to move and get bigger where we are is um, it's very small and we we, we kind of we've been going just nearly two years um, and we've been at capacity lucky for us uh, almost since we started so we're desperately short of space and we need to move so the big thing for us in 2018 is moving so we've got Chris and Nick from uh, Torside Brewing so uh, how you found the festival so far it's really good, lovely atmosphere. Lots of people very up for trying insane beers, which is kind of suits us. <laughs> so. Yeah, lovely building as well, I have to say. Yeah, it's really nice having it. And all the seats in the middle are perfect, by people sit down. It's a good idea, that. Yeah. 
So um, kind of a two question one, like what kind of beers you brought down today and um, if someone's never heard of Torsai before, um, what can they kind of expect if you were as a brewery? We uh, kind of go under the tagline Hop Smoke Monsters, which kind of goes from very hoppy IPAs and using more lesser used hops, lesser known hops probably. To, uh, we specialise in smoked beers as well, so we, we bought at least so, one of those today. So, uh, what beers have you brought down today for tasting? Well, we've got um, Angspartkus, which is uh, American IPA, probably one of our best-selling beers, that. Nice and fruity, uh, one of my favourites that we do. Uh, we've got um, Vic Secret, a uh, triple IPA, which is one of the Monsters range. So with the Monsters, they tend to be stronger beers. So that's 12% uh, IPA with Vic Secret hops in there. We've got uh, Mothlar, which is a cola we did with Café Beer Moth. Uh, for their birthday and that's a dark, imperial dark beer with mulatto chilies in there but not too hot but nice and kind of like fruity flavours uh, we've got American barley wine with uh, aged in bourbon barrels we have a Franconia which is a smoked beer based on the rout beer from German style rout beer and we have um, portmanteau which is a grisette it's a low, a low strength saison basically with a sriracha ace and Apollo hops in there yeah, the, enjoy the rest of the day. Oh, thank you Time. very much. Thank you. So we've got Alex here from Black Irish Brewery. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. So how have you found the festival so far today? Yeah, festival's been really good. It's been really kind of like busy but relaxed, nice, nice chilled atmosphere, but lots of people, like lots of good turnover. Like to say that there's this many brewers as well, all the bars have had a really good like turnaround and yeah, it's been a really great event. So what beers you brought down today then? Right, so we've got, we're, pouring six, uh, we're pouring six beers in the minute. Uh, I suppose two particularly of note we've got a brand new uh, collaboration beer that we've done with Atom uh, called Cowboys from Hull uh, a 4.5 Amarillo dry hop saison uh, and we've got our Let the Juice Loose which is a 6.5 New England style uh, IPA uh, and both of those are pretty new so they're the ones that we're kind of focusing on at the minute but we've got everything from Imperial Reds to Vic Secret Hop Dippers and you know everything in between I did try the leather juice loose, it's very, very nice. So Jules, this is the, the first Indie Beer Feast. How do you feel it's been? It's been going really well. From what I've seen, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the people in here who uh, bought tickets, drinking beer, having a good time. And yeah, it's just been, from what I can see, people are having a good time. Um, the guys and girls working on the bars uh, seem to be really happy as well. And it just seems really relaxed and tasty beers and good food and a bit yeah it's been going really well it's quite an unusual venue for uh, this kind of event it's we're like literally in a theater but um it seems to work like people are quite enjoying like actually like sitting in like cinema seats and drinking beer yeah what i found is i think people lots of people um haven't been in this beautiful old cinema before and they're just i can see people like walking around touching the walls and looking at the sort of the beautiful um you know ornate cornices and like you say you can just sit in a cinema seat and chill out with your beer and look up and it's just got this beautiful big building uh, this huge roof and um like you can see the balcony and you can just it's just got a really nice atmosphere so it seems to be working really well with that so for you this is sort of like this is the calm before the storm because this is i mean sheffield beer week is not officially underway yet this is like the start of it yeah i know so um like tell us what what else is going on this week there's 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 a lot happening there is yeah i mean i'm a little bit good that i couldn't make the brewster's tap takeover event that's been going on at the rutland uh tonight 
Uh, I mean, officially, like you said, it kicks off on Monday uh, with a full kind of seven days. The beer photography trail went up on Wednesday, so lots of people seem to be going around the venues, checking out um, the beautiful work from Mark Newton. Um, and yeah, the, just looking forward to all the Meet the Brewers. A lot of people talking about Beaver Town. Um, event at the Hallamshire, lots of people talking about the Northern Monk thing I know that Steel City and Lost Industry locally are doing some events as well at Brewdog and um, I'm really looking forward to actually the Abbeydale thing with Ron Patterson who's this wonderful beer historian and they're going to be doing like a barrel aged uh, beer tasting on Monday that I'm going to head down to and I'm really excited about that as well. If I had to push you for your favourite beer of the day, would you have one? Oh, tough. Because I've been working, I've um, not drunk as much beer as I'd like to if I wasn't uh, working. Um, I've really enjoyed so far, um, I have to say, the Magic Rock um, de Mollen collaboration, the Imperial Stout that's just come out, that's tasting phenomenal. Um, I'm a big fan of sours as well, so I've kind of been checking those out. Definitely like Sierra Nevada, I've got this sort of uh, autovez, which is like a cactus. Um, so, yeah, which and is how, delicious. Cactus in a beer, how does that work? But well, it does. It does, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jules, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say this has been an absolutely fantastic event. Thank you so much for making it happen. And um, I hope that the rest of Sheffield Beer Week is just as good as tonight has been. Oh, cheers, James. That's Thank really you. nice of you to say that. And it's just great to have your support and everything through the week as well. Well, Adam, I think it's probably fair to say that um, I was slightly more worse aware than you were on um, Yeah. I, I was aware that I had a two and a half year old to um, put to bed um, about an hour after I got back, so <laughs> didn't stop me. <laughs> so, um, one of the beers that I tried at the uh, beer feast is the next one that Sean's got lined up for us tonight. Yeah, very special beer for uh, Sheffield Beer Week. It's a, a collaboration between uh, Lost Industry, and on duty that day was uh, Leslie, uh, Jim, uh, Jim's mum, and Jules from down at Hot Hideout, Hannah from Neat's End Brewery, and then uh, Def Cat were involved as well. And apologies, I don't know the name of uh, the person, from, but she is here tonight. Is it Cara? Excuse me. So I'm going to ask her on her, her next visit past us. But, uh, Cara was Chief Pamela Wheeler. She, she loved it. <laughs> what a job. And it's a, uh, it's a sour. It's a pomelo sour, which I believe is a citrus fruit from South Southeast Asia. Or, uh, based on my, my research a little bit earlier, and um, it was brewed um, to celebrate uh, women in beer, women in brewing. I think launched at the Rutland last Saturday or on Saturday. And uh, Laura is drinking it now on keg here, live in the Devonshire Cat. And we've got three bottles as well, so we can compare and contrast. Have a big bottle also. Excellent. Yeah, I think you're going to like this. Did you, did you have it on? I did have it on beer on, um, Saturday. It was actually the first beer that I had. I right. made a beeline straight yeah. over to um, enjoy it. To uh, try it. I did enjoy it, yeah. It's a little bit more subtle than I think I expected it to be. Um, it, it's not a. That's an, interesting because you were as we're um, as we're pouring this one, um, obviously Laura, Sean, you were both at the uh, the beer feast on um, 
Fantastic. What were your thoughts? Did you enjoy it? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a brilliant event. Um, we've not really had anything like that in Sheffield before that's been quite so brewer-driven as, um, as the festival was. Obviously, they were it was kind of more of a format of, it's like a mini indie man almost with the breweries bringing their own bars and their own staff there to chat to about what you were drinking and it just gives a, a real extra dimension to, uh, to the whole festival I think um, we've been in the picture house uh, which is obviously an old cinema still set up as a cinema uh, there were a few people who were coming in sort of this is weird and within five minutes we're like no it's amazing it's just really nice quirky venue full of personality and history and um, I thought I thought it worked really well exact initial thought actually I walked in so I was in the early session so it was like maybe half past 12 still daylight like natural light coming in I think it walks in, I wasn't anticipated to be actually in the actual main theatre bit, so I thought there might have been a bit more of like a vestibule kind of thing. You kind of turn a corner and you're straight in, and I'm like, oh, and I think initially I was a little bit like, ah, oh, this is this, this it, a bit. until you realise how how space efficient it was, because you've got a big section in the middle with like all the, all the, the seating for the old cinema. And you've got a big section of the first bit where like Abbeydale was there, and there was Turning Point, there was Blackjack, Moore, and uh, Runaway, all in one stand. So, um, <laughs> Laura's favourite, Torside, uh, Lost Industry, all in one tiny little kind of sort of initial bit. And then around the far end, there was uh, like Magic Rock, Thornbridge. Uh, it was a, a bit of a mixed stand that had like uh, Kirkstall and uh, Vertical, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sp- and Sierra Nevada. And uh, Paul Pure as well. And it, it, again, I think it took me maybe half an hour, an hour to really settle into it because it's so unusual. Because the actual big space of it, you can't really utilise properly because of all the seating. So people start to kind of have a few beers and sit down. People start to relax in these nice kind of slightly reclining, um, like sort of seating, which I thought were quite nice. They kind of initially look quite sort of old and like, oh, these are nice. You sit in and go, oh, actually, that back. It was the most comfortable beer festival I've ever been to. It was just quite strange having to sit with your friends in a row rather than like rather sitting looking at each other. That was, that was a little bit strange. I mean, it was quirky. It was really quirky. Yeah. Quirky venue, yeah. really well organised, a nice range of different breweries. Food was, was, was excellent. Some entertainment in that little uh, room around the back with the scary ladder that everyone seemed to some art, an art <laughs> exhibition in there. Um, it's got everything that, that you needed really for a, for a beer festival. Lots of people, and I, I, I think perhaps that this might be Sheffield. It might be it might be reflected in Sheffield, or it might be reflected in in in, in the, the job that I do. But everyone that there seemed to know each other. I think it's a very uh, community-minded uh, festival, and so uh, it was literally impossible to walk more than two yards without bumping into the next person. That, uh, that we knew. So yeah, I think, uh, I, think I walked in. The first person I looked up was Laura's face. I like, <laughs> literally turned to go, "Oh, hello!" And then I think I kind of after said hello to you, I turned around and uh, there was Kate to we interviewed last week at uh, Rutland with uh, Patrick. Yeah. Um, and it was like, "Oh, well, we're all here." And yeah, so it's really, really good. And like, everyone, I mean, I spoke to a lot of breweries, getting some time back to hear the podcast, but everyone was so kind of really. You know, really positive about what was going off there, and you can kind of see probably the early stages. But again, like really, what I can remember when in, in, uh, Indie Man started, 
and that was a very small kind of little thing and what that's turned into now was you know why not really you know, I think prices were excellent well. absolutely brilliant yeah, what well, was price it's rare to be getting coins out here for people I think a few people a few people I know were kind of a bit oh that's a bit expensive to get in once you're in there you know you was drinking it was good you were drinking keg stuff it were all pretty much all keg apart from I think one one cask of uh, dry hop jaipur I think it was um, but you were talking maybe two pounds two pound fifty yeah. for a half that's good um, and, and didn't seem to didn't seem to rise on strength really um, it, was, it seemed quite balanced and I think you know something that's you know not in probably it's got the big volumes of it I think that was a good price point and if everyone, that can continue then everyone was well behaved obviously apart yeah. apart from <laughs> Apart from one of one, we're not we're not going to name it. But <laughs> I, I, I do I have a complaint about the um, Indie Beer Feast. Just one complaint, sure, which is the beer that I was most looking forward to uh, was the Thornbridge um, Blueberry and Passion Fruit Tart, uh, which wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't have, on the morning session either. So. Advertised as yeah, as being one of their beers, it wasn't there. So. Uh, after being full of praise for Thornbridge last month, for Tullamy, this month it's a big red cross. Well, you there. did also praise the uh, Raspberry Blonde, which they did have another, you know, that was very rare last month. They did have, they did have a keg of that on. So, uh, Are you an old school complainer, James? Has a letter, has a letter already gone to Thornbridge headquarters at Bakewell, or are you an email complainer? Or I, I just tweet them. Just tell your friends. Just tweet them a picture of me with a sad face. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, it's got Megan a headlock. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed no retweets. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to Indie Beer Feast, so like, I took a back seat on that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, prior engagement. Does it sound like a good thing for next year, though? It sounds like something to sort of, you know, attend to, make sure to put a date in your diary for next year. But it, I'll, I'll refer to something I did on the on the rough report I did for Manchester Beer Festival. How important is the venue? Once, you said you took a while, but once you get there, how much did it add to your experience? The one, the one thing I thought was that not at any point was did it feel like you were bottlenecking anywhere. Mm. And I mean, I didn't know how many tickets were sold or anything. And to be honest, the pitch that seemed for the evening session didn't really seem to it seemed to get that busy. It didn't look like it was overcrowded because obviously no, you've there's, got there's no point where it was overcrowded. If you imagine, if, if you imagine a theatre, even like a cinema. You come down, and you've got the, the main like run down between the seats in the middle, and then you open up at the, the end bit. Um, that's kind of all you kind of to play with, really, unless you kind of branched out into the, the food bit um, or sat in the seats. So my thinking is, fortunately, if it does grow, I I'm not sure how much it can expand unless you well, go out and grow its yeah. venue. Um, I know there's outside space where they do like some of the market stuff at that venue, so maybe if it moves to something like a summer and you risk yeah, risking yeah. it outside, but it didn't feel crowded at all, but if the popularity, if the demand for it's there next year, or it stays niche and you kind of, you know, you have limited tickets and you are fighting tickets like you sometimes are for in-demand now, I suppose, but um, so, so I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, we talk about like the venue as well, but... A lot, a lot of venues and beer festivals themselves sort of like place the beer festivals in a certain time of the year. Uh, we look at what was the, the National Winter's Ales Festival in Derby, now in Norwich. Um, Derby have continued that Winter's Ales theme. 
does this indie beer feast feel like a February, March type of festival or are the beers available? Did it feel like a June, July, August sort of festival? I think, I think it could work as well. My, my thought when I first got there was, because it's relatively small, could it be more than an annual event? Is yeah. this something that could no, run two, maybe even three times a year, year with maybe a few different breweries involved? doesn't necessarily need to be all the same ones. I think it's always going to have a bit of a Sheffield bias, um, but various kind of guest breweries and stuff like that. And I think, um, I don't know how Jules would feel about trying to organise it more than once a year, but um, I think it could it could definitely work as, as something that happens more regularly than just annual. I agree with that, but I think as well, with it being at this time of the year, it fits in well with the other things that Sheffield has going on, because obviously there's the... Sheffield University one that I think is in April, April May. I think it's April. Oh, it's May this year. Um, week. It has yeah. been April. Then you've got the yeah. Sunfest up at the Rising Sun that Abigail Brewery running early July. Uh, and then you've got Sheffield uh, Camera that's in October. So actually, if you kind of think of it like that, obviously none of them are going to exactly the same target market, but there's plenty to do beer drinkers in Sheffield throughout the year. So I think it does work well where it is, but I also think Sheffield could sustain it probably running a couple of times a year as well. you are replacing the um, beer X or was was it this week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it didn't really exist to the public anymore at all, but even though it's moved to um, Liverpool as um, trade. Yeah, just, just a little thing I think about something you said last 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 month when you were saying that is it a time for Sheffield to kind of show what they've got to offer? And obviously you, you guys there at, at Abbeydale and um, and I was blown away by some of the stuff that Abbeydale had on. Like some of the things that I probably, I'm not a big kind of barrel age kind of things, I'm a bit wary about it. And I thought some of the stuff you had on was absolutely incredible. And um, like I can't wait to try and find it again. And you've got your new dipper on as well. The, the, Deliverance can yeah, can yeah. But you had the, um, can you remind me of the two ones? You had the, the oak barrel age. No, the, the, an oak fermented saison, which was quite a uh, divergence from the sours we've done before, because it's the first one that was primary fermented in barrel. So it worth going into barrel rather than a finished beer that you then re-pitch in with uh, bugs and stuff. Um, and then we also had a barrel aged Grouton, um, and there was the 1868 that's on the bar here tonight as well. So uh, there were a few different. It's just a mad how, how how far they've kind of come in maybe five years. Armadale's like like a really traditional, almost like exclusively cast probably. I mean, how many years? Yeah. yeah. Full disclosure at this point, I also work for Abadale Brewery alongside. Oh, I wait, think that was, was covered. Probably yeah. everybody's worked that out by now. Yeah, um, yeah until uh, I started working at the brewery just under three years ago. And when I started, they were running at about 1% keg, which was up from nothing the year previously. Um, this is all very rough figures, but I think we're now sat at around 10% keg and coming up to 1% can, which still doesn't sound like a lot, but the output of the brewery is, you know, we, we make a lot of beer, so it is a significant amount of beer that's now going into keg and into can as well, so I, I it's really exciting to actually well, it. Yeah. It, it feels quite a lot local though, I suppose, maybe, I don't know if that's kind of nationally or whatever, but it feels like, it feels more than that. But. 
I think maybe maybe it was because we such a you know, a lot of it in our pubs in Sheffield and stuff. But, um, There's so much of it's new though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I remember the first time that um, my local, the Quarter Cottage, got one of the um, Abbeydale um, keg beers on, and I was quite taken aback because Abbeydale at that point, and this is probably only about eighteen months ago, was was just purely a, a cask and an old-fashioned, um, traditional, very very nice, but, but very much kind of traditional beers. Um, so, um, it's, it's very, it's very refreshing to very quickly um, and in a lot of different directions, which is, which is impressive. We've actually got uh, an Abbeydale beer, which is the next one that we've got lined up. Before then, um, the Mellow, by the way, I'm guessing is a little bit like grapefruit, but a bit sweeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed it is also known as Trample Moose, and isn't that another name for grapefruit? Well, yeah, I, I, thought, yeah, I thought it was. So that, that, yeah, it's it's a a for it. Yeah, there's a lot of grapefruit in that. I think I really Very like nice. this pomelo sour from West Industry. I it's think really it good. tastes like fancy books fizz. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> and <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. Um, and I think I've just had. I've got uh, half of the keg. Uh, of the same beer alongside the bottle. I think possibly the kegs got a tiny bit more zinc from the fruit, but they uh, they are very similar. Uh, so I think it carries really well into the bottle as well, um, and I really enjoy it. I think it's a lovely beer. It's a little bit like when you get like you know like your pink grapefruit, which is like yeah, yeah. not quite as hard, but you get that kind of um, bit of tiff. You get that yeah, pivot, bit not quite as not quite as like. Um, Puckering is like a standard. Yeah, really, really good. I mean, uh, I must be maybe one of the only people I'm really not sure on sours as yet as a whole. And That's I know right. that ruffles feathers. It ruffles feathers. It's however, for a sour though, isn't it? however, I'm drinking it and I'm thinking a half for me. I know I get labelled as the traditional casker sort of thing, but a half I would enjoy that. That's not bad. That. Again, I think it's more of a summer beer for me. Yeah, I think it's very, very summer. Summer beer. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, maybe watching a bit of football, cricket, whatever you like. You know, just on that sort of open plane, sun's out, painting the picture sort of thing. I mean, yeah, it'd actually be a really good um, beer to release for tram lines, wouldn't it? Where you can Great go out in the, in the sunshine and work really, really well that week. And as soon as you say that. You've jinxed it and it'll be raining <laughs> every day <laughs> and my ticket will be screwed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we talked about this like last month about like um, how converting people who are not traditionally like like be like cider drinkers, like how close are we here do you think in terms of someone who might be a cider drinker getting them on something a bit sour or a bit more tart? I mean it's not your clean kind of clear bit. It's so a transition. Some people kind of look at it and go, it's going to, it's going to bridge a gap a little. Yeah, but I think I don't think uh, yeah. it's too far off. It's um, actually, if I think that's a good in between. A good in between. I think in between is perhaps the right word. I'm finding there's a there's sourness, but there's a bitterness to it. I think that probably and comes from the fruit that shows being a bitter fruit. I think I'm having your chinook hops yeah. coming through. So well, that yeah. tits is slightly back closer to a. A more beery taste rather than a, uh, an all on soury taste, which is perhaps why you are saying you'd like it to be even more sour. I, I, I do like a sour that kind of you know, grabs me and gives yeah. me a good kind of beating. Yeah. Um, and that certainly isn't that kind of beer, but I do appreciate I, I probably appreciate it more now than I probably did on, on Saturday. And I think this is the first beer that I had on Saturday. We've had a couple of more traditional beers before drinking it tonight. 
um, which has kind of helped us really put kind of taste into some kind of context design. And I have, I have enjoyed it, and it is nice. My only complaint about this is that Laura is not on the label. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't involved in this one. This but, could have uh, been the first Chef podcast for you. <laughs> Um, right, you were involved in this one. <laughs> our, our final beer of the uh, of the night is a, an Abbeydale beer, um, and we've had quite a lot of love for Abbeydale tonight, which is which is good. Not uh, not only kind of is it yeah, no, it is, it is <laughs> fitting that we uh, finish with a, an Abbeydale uh, beer. But tell us a bit about this one, Sean. Um, it is Salvation number seven. number seven. And it's a Rocky Road Stout, and I think Laura perhaps is the best place to uh, give us some of the ingredients. So it's a, it's a 5.2% milk stout, um, but basically I really like baking with beer and there's a lot of us at the brewery that enjoy sort of a nice puddingy stout. Um, it was our brewer Jamie who came up with this, who uh, makes some really really great recipes for stouts um, so it's packed full of uh, everything you'd expect in Rocky Road really so there's uh, cocoa nibs in there cranberries raisins some marshmallow syrup uh, but all on a nice classic roasty stout backbone so it's not overpoweringly sweet I must say when I first saw um, this I can't remember where it was where I, where I first saw it but I looked at it and just thought I know that you're a big fan of dessert beers and I just looked at it and thought I bet Laura's had something to do with this bit. It is very much kind of your your sort of thing. I haven't actually baked anything with it yet, which I should really do. Rocky Road Stout Brownies coming soon. <laughs> Roast aroma again, not not too sweet. Very much like the dump. Yeah, it's in like the, the yeah. flavours aren't there on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a nice bite to it. I get a lot of dark chocolate on it when I drink mm. it. Really, really dark chocolate. We've had a few of these ones, haven't we, Salvation's other side? I did have this one last week, actually. Really enjoyed it. Introduced it to my brother-in-law, it's from down south, so some of the Aberdale stuff doesn't travel quite as far, so a nice kind of an introduction for him. Well, a few of the other ones we have. I think it's like if you try and taste the individual ingredients, like it doesn't taste like cranberries, it doesn't taste like marshmallows. But if you kind of think of Rocky Road as a, you know, as as a single flavour, I think it does work really well from uh, from that respect. Yep, nice. It's nice. It's nice and complex without being overbearing. I quite like it stuff too sweet. I would, yeah, and I would like it just a touch sweet. Actually, I, like it. I do like me. Yeah, me, the pastry sort of style. I think it's just a little bit sharper than um, Don. Yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what Probably I quite like is the, the the kind of the. Um, Sort of the milk base to it kind of comes yeah. through. I really taste that, and that gives it uh, just that little bit more kind of body to it. Yeah. You touched on an earlier podcast about your dessert beers, didn't you? And uh, I'm not sure if this would be as satisfying as you as you guys alluded to from your from your speaking, but it is a nice sort of finisher, I think. 
yep. a nice little finish of it, rather than uh, I'll start on this and I'll keep going through the night. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think you know, you think, oh, one more before I go, I'll have this. Yeah. And I think that's for me sort of what sums that up. That's a bit. I'm a fan of it. I really like it. I think. I think. Um, yeah. I think for its kind of like strength level, I think sometimes it, it's once it gets a bit sweeter, I kind of feel it a bit stronger. I think, and I think it like kind of five points. Is it five point two? Is it? Uh, yeah, it still feels kind of like you could have a pint of it and it not be like you know you get that point where thinking, oh, it's a bit yeah. too flavorful like, in one, one yeah. direction. I think it's it's still got that nice backbone of just a nice yeah. kind of. Available on cask or is that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I imagine that being on cask, yeah. a really cask enjoyable beer. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyable beer. Smoothness to it. Yeah. I, th- I think I also think it's on the fence. I think I think it could be brilliant either. To be honest, it's that kind of strength and clarity that you're not. That if you had it slightly colder and slightly carbonated. Or if you had it nice and smooth, I think it'd work either way, really. And I think that from all all, all the salvation range, really. Um, what was the last one? Was it the. Oh, what was it? There's been a few on the donut one. Coffee and donut. Was it in the coconut? Yeah, that was, that was quite an early one, the coconut one. That was probably my favourite one. It's nice just to just to, just to take those. It's like it's like playing with the hops, I suppose. I mean, if you like single hops, why not just have a base beer that you kind of flick with the kind of different yeah. ingredients? I know you're a, you're a real team down at Abidale, though, and uh, you can see that in everything you do when we, we meet you around town and that. But I'm interested in how um, what what's, how does the concept develop for a beer like that? Is it people sat in the office throwing in ideas and having a laugh with it, or is it down to one person going away and Coming back with something. Um, with these, the Primus Emporium beers that's what we call the range, it's got Salvation, the Boy Drive IPA, yeah. um, and the ones that look similar to that in it, it's absolutely open to everybody, and that's uh, that works within the brewery and the pubs as well. Uh, it's one of the things I particularly enjoy about working at Abbeydale is that you know I, I don't brew, I'm the office manager there, but if I have an idea for a beer, I'm just as entitled to put that idea forward as our brewers are. Um, as are the bar staff, you know, and we can all kind of throw those in and then we'll kind of look at what we've already got coming up and what would fit in seasonally, what ingredients we can source responsibly at that time of the year and so on. So there's quite a lot of factors at play, but it is something that we really do where anybody that wants to get involved really can. Um, you know, there's no reason why we can't crowdsource ideas either. So if yeah, anybody's yeah. got one, you know, throw it into the mix and. Um, yeah, to yeah. work somewhere where you can eat and be influenced by other things, foods particularly, and other drinks, and then think, right, Monday morning I'm suggesting that for a, for a beer, and it will go on someone's list and be a potential beer for the future. Sounds like a great, great yeah, way to do it. Is. Is that means potential for us to influence the next version. <laughs> well, Sheffield <laughs> Hopcast definitely needs to do a, a collaboration beer at some point <laughs> over the next six months. It is a must. It's got to be a sour, it's got to be fruity. For James particularly. I'm happy with that. So we need a rocky road, fruity, sour, yeah. pale, dark. Let's just throw everything in it. Every ingredient <laughs> possibly think of. We'll see what happens. When we were young, we just got a petrol mix. Sorry, Mum. I mean, while we're on the topic of uh, new beers, um, I'll probably get shot for this. However, from Brew Foundation, 
there is an in-development here of a New World IPA with Peco Hops, called Peco Chew. Um, very much in the test phase, as, as, and I quote, to some extent, the first batch was rubbish. Oh. <laughs> Still getting cut out. Yeah. You're selling it well. Yeah. The second batch has gone well as a test brew, but it's a very still much a watch this space for this, but it is it is in development. I know you was all sort of eyeing for the, the comeback. I'm not the sure that sounds as good as the Hopcast beer. No, yeah, well, I mean, well. It's formulating. We need a good name for it as well. Yes. I quite like natural mix. Natural mix. Four star. <laughs> Are you sure now, Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Russ has got no idea what Four Star is. <laughs> so, well, too young for that. We're, 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 when's officially spring? Are we in spring, yeah. First it's of March. Literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that yeah, mean yeah, yeah. we're like, officially out of the Not quite. I think a stout is all year round. Yeah, it's definitely the case. Definitely the case. I, I tend to, it tends to disappear for a long time for me, but no. It's not like a dislike of it. You're drinking stereotype, right? Yeah. Yeah. Lagers and pale ales during summer. Big stouts. I'm finding a lot of satisfaction in like very traditional stuff again. Yeah. I think you can really like overhaul yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, I've said it before, like if you get a, if you you know on the road for me is like Nag said, which is the Bradfield Brewery yeah. tap for two, two pounds. Pound. Yeah. You will not find a on, yeah, on the right day. The benches, you will not find a better find than just something just very, yeah, yeah. very clean, clean and standard. And it's very much similar with things like you know, again, like like uh, reception or like moonshine from other day, or like the complete opposite of something like these things. And some yeah, of the I stuff we drink in the weekend, yeah, you know, there's there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, I think that. Um, I think coming back into all of those coming back experiences. Yeah, so, coming back into the spring, I think that's time when you start going. You know, it's, it's warm enough to still go for the, you know, stay out, sit outside, I suppose. Yeah. And maybe just have a couple of, you know, a couple of four percenters, nice pale ale, that Sheffield style kind of easy going, white pale ale, and a bottle of petrol mix. And a bottle yeah. of petrol mix. Maybe what's do as a petrol mix. Uh, Pure ethanol. The, the follow-up. <laughs> it needs to be like diesel. 12 percent yeah, diesel. Unleaded. We were struggling for a fourth version, but uh, hybrid, some sort of hybrid yeah. with electricity. Yeah. If you want to get, if you want to get listeners involved, you know, you know who we are on Twitter, yeah. and Facebook, and all that. Send us some, send us, send us your um, suggestions. Uh, guys, I'm going to have to push you for um, your favourite beer of the night. We're going to have to pick uh, a winner. Um, so, Laura, you're on Twitter at Mashton and Meow. Can come to you first? What's been your beer of the night? I'm going to go for the uh, Emmeline, the Pomelo Sour from Lost Industry and other beery ladies. Um, I just think it's really clean, really fresh, really tasty, and named after a suffragette. So, that gets my vote tonight. Um, Russ is on Twitter at RussNorton96. What's going to be your pick of the night? I'll go for the last one we've just tried, the uh, Abbeydale Salvation. Good one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a dark drinker by any stretch of the imagine, but I enjoyed that out of all of it. Probably a close second, the Emmeline. So yeah, yeah, I've gone. I've gone. There we go. Sean is at the Central Ltd. What is your winner tonight, Sean? Um, I love grapefruit, 
Now, I don't always love sours, but uh, clear winner Emily from the Commonwealth Industry and the Sheffield Beer Girls, for, for want of a better name. Um, Adam, on, at On The Bar Chef, yeah. what are you going for? Um, I'm going to follow the trend a little bit and say the Lost Industry one, the uh, Pomelo Sour. But to be honest, I think everyone, I think they've all, they've all had the strengths really. So. Yeah. Um, I was a bit worried about doing a kind of a very sort of Sheffield focused one, but um, I think they've all been very good. I, I, think, I think, yeah, it shows all, all sides of Sheffield are really, really nice. We've like, ticked all yeah, boxes, I think. Yeah. There are lots of other breweries out there that we should apologise to for not drinking their beer tonight, but so we couldn't squeeze any more than four in. And uh, I think those four showcase what Sheffield has to offer. So I'm on Twitter at James Marriott um, and I, it's almost a clean sweep because I'm also going to go with the Lost Industry, Eveline, um, which as I say I've actually enjoyed more this evening than I did on um, on Saturday, although I did like it on Saturday but I really enjoyed it. You've got to remember it this time, Yeah I do, I remember it. It's an excellent beer. So um, four votes for um, Lost Industry, which is almost a clean sweep. Excellent. Um, as ever, you can get in touch with the Hopcast via Twitter at Chef Hopcast. You can search us out on Facebook or you can drop an email to beer at sheffieldhopcast.co.uk. Please subscribe and rate and review the Hopcast if you like what you hear. Uh, your feedback helps us get better month by month. Um, it's actually been quite an interesting month for us. It's been our first run of beer mats that are kind of out there now. Uh, thank you to R3D2 Social Media for their sponsorship of that. Um, also, thank you to Radio Sheffield for having Adam and I on this morning, actually, talking about the Hotcast and Sheffield Beer Week. But most of all, thank you for your company. Have a cracking Sheffield Beer Week, and we'll see you next month.